0: On today's show, the All Star Break is now here for the Atlanta Hawks, and a lot of talk around the NBA right now revolves around Trey Young and trade discussions, at the very least. We'll get into all of what has been reported on that front, as well as a look ahead to the rest of the season for the Hawks and their projections, and we'll get to all of that and much more coming up. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1654 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Friday here in mid-February. And I want to encourage you, as I always do at the top of the podcast, make sure first listen each and every day. Please subscribe to this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, especially places like Apple and Spotify, Overcast on the audio side, as well as YouTube on the video side. Also want to encourage you to follow my written work on the Hawks side at patreon.com slash it's been a little bit of a weird week for me, tough one along the way, but I will put that to the side. Hopefully this is a coherent podcast, I haven't been out the top of my game, but um, firstly, most of this podcast, we're talking about Trey Young and the trade, I don't, I don't even want to say rumors, they're not, they're not really rumors, speculation, buzz, however you want to put that, I've put that off with some game coverage, and now I want to talk about that as sort of the last show going into the All-Star break, and then we'll have some guests, I do have some guests lined up that I was actually supposed to record with yesterday, but ended up having to not be able to do that, so... Hang on tight. I'll have more between now and when the Hawks return to play about a week from now, as I'm recording this podcast on Friday. But first, I want to start with actually what has been reported by credible national outlets in the last few days, keeping in mind that uh, nothing has been sourced to the Hawks at this point in time. We'll talk about this more in a second. Uh, it's all from rival executives, people around the league, etc. And then uh, after that, I'll kind of get into my own feel on this, my own maybe not reporting, but you know, sourcing of what I've heard from behind the scenes and uh, where this all kind of stacks up. And at the end of the show, we'll talk about some, kind of the rest of season for the Hawks in terms of the projections that are out there now with all of the teams stopping play for almost a week. Um, play-in projections, post projections, season, you know, the schedule, all that stuff's coming up at the end of the show. But first, as I just said, we'll kind of dive into the reporting that's been out there. So in the hours after the deadline, so about a week-plus ago, eight days ago at this point, um, Jake Fisher, who's been on this podcast before, he's from Yahoo, he reported the following, quote, There are several front offices that listened to Atlanta's pre-deadline chatter and came away from conversations with the Hawks of the belief that Trey Young could could, could become available for trade this summer, depending on Atlanta's outcome for the remainder of this campaign. He did give the context, which I think was good context, of potential, quote, wishful thinking from rival teams, end quote. Like in the cases that he actually made these comparisons to Embiid or Giannis, like where teams are just hoping that they become available and they're not actually available. He also reported that the Lakers and Spurs are potential landing spots. That's not been a new thing. That was also reported by Jovan Buha of, of The Athletic over the weekend. He covers the Lakers. He's been on this on this corner before. The Lakers are always talked about with every star. Keep that in mind. Trey does have a place in Los Angeles. He spent some time there in the summers. He's a clutch client. So it's never going to stop. I mean, unfortunately, it's never going to stop. If you're a Hawks fan, I get it, but there you go. Also, they have the assets now to make a big splash. Um, San Antonio is all about Victor Romagnana, which makes sense, because Trey and and Wemby are phenomenal theoretical pairing, and they don't have a point guard, and they have assets. So I get that too. But at this point, it's all speculation. It's not actually rumors. It's just kind of the the buzz that they could be available. Then Mark Stein formerly of the New York Times and ESPN and other places, and now writes a a, a substack and does a podcast with Chris Haynes, he wrote a piece that was titled, quote, The Trey Trade Watch Has Commenced, end quote. Uh, Jake was doing his reporting as part of a bigger notebook, but this is actually a full-focused piece from Mark Stein on the trade situation. Um, Other than Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer, who I don't honestly take very seriously in the reporting realm, to be honest with you, um, this is the first time this has been a whole focus of something like this. And Stein wrote that the Hawks have, quote, certainly convinced various rival teams, end quote, that the path to keeping DeJounte and keep and trading Trey is, quote, going to be legitimately considered, end quote. No, no decisions made, according to Stein, at this point in time. But again, that was to keep DeJounte and trade Trey. Now, that is kind of startling in itself. Stein is a very trusted reporter. He's been doing this for a long time. I'm confident he's at least heard this stuff from teams. But again, this is from other teams, not from the Hawks. The part that I don't really quite understand, actually, and what Stein wrote is that he, he said this, quote, there appears to be a true market forming for Young for the, really the first time in his six seasons as a Hawk, end quote. I don't really get that. The Hawks could have moved Trey at any point and gotten a massive haul for him. Like, they just haven't wanted to do that, nor should they have wanted to do that. So a, quote, true market forming doesn't actually really align with what I've heard at all. It's not really about the market for him. It's that the Hawks don't want to trade him. At least they haven't in the past. Um, he also mentioned this and Lakers, obviously. Um, And then Howard Beck of The Ringer on Wednesday quoted an unnamed Western Conference executive that said, quote, I think they would love to trade Trey, end quote. And the one that got even more attention was from another executive that they discussed a trade about Trey already with the Spurs before the deadline. For the record, I have not heard this. I'm not telling you that Howard is wrong. I have not heard that as something that actually was discussed already. Um, Beck also went further than most have gone and said, quote, it's considered to be a near certainty that they will part with one of or both Trey Young or DeJounte Murray this summer. Now, I did say last week, or I guess earlier this week, my days are all mixed up, that um, I, I think that DeJounte will be extremely available again this summer. I think you know, in my wrap-up of the trade deadline, um, I was not saying that the Hawks were pulling him off the market entirely. It was more that like they want to reset, uh, there'll be more teams available. Obviously, things can change uh, five months is basically what this is between, well, I guess, you know, four and a half months between now and the draft and then leading into free agency. A lot can change, um, but, you know, not a surprise at all that DeJounte will continue to be available. But the fact that he said it was a, quote, near certainty that they will part with one or both, you know, both would be a nuclear option. Obviously, you're kind of in a rebuild if you do that. Um, I'll talk about it more in a second about, like, the, the theory of trading Trey and keeping DeJounte is not one that I find particularly palatable because, while DeJounte is really good, I don't think he's the number one guy on a good team, I'm like at least on a high-end team, and whereas Trey has proven that he can do that. He took the team in the conference finals. Um, also, you know, trading both of them, obviously, you're going into a rebuild, and maybe you have to worry about getting your picks back and all that stuff. But for now, um, that was interesting. That was further than I would go at this point. I would not say that. I'll have more on what I think in a second. Um, by the way, I, I, I mentioned Johan Buha a minute ago, who covers the athletic. He's written for the Lakers side before. He talks about on a podcast appearance as well that Trey is the top priority for the Lakers. Now, not a huge surprise. I think the Lakers will come calling. Doesn't mean the Hawks have to listen, but the Lakers have a pretty obvious setup for Trey. Um obviously that, you know, assumes that LeBron is staying, but even if he doesn't, you know, building around Trey Anthony Davis long term not the worst idea in the world uh, if you're the Lakers and they are of course always in the star market. So, that's kind of the setup for now about what's been reported out there. In a second, I'm going to talk about my own takeaways from where we are after this flurry of activity because i got a lot of questions about that in the last few days as you might imagine but that's kind of the stage being set and after a quick break here from our sponsors i'll talk about more of where i think this is all going but again here we go with a word from our partners today's show is brought to you by ebay motors and our partners ebay motors i'm teaming up my fantasy basketball host josh lloyd all season long, to bring some of the best picks in the fantasy basketball realm each week. Whether preparing for a daily drafts, got on the waiver wire every week, we're going to have some players for you from Josh that are guaranteed to fit on your fantasy basketball roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us this week on the edition of eBay's Guaranteed Fit Players and Fantasy Picks of the Week. And of course, he has a list of guys that is full to highlight, but a focus from Josh could be on Pistons, Ford, Rookie, Asor Thompson. He's a super talented top five pick of the last year's draft. He is a first-year player, and he was playing only about 20 minutes a game in December, 19 minutes per game in January, but after some roster stuff from the Pistons and a little bit of Detroit kind of figuring out that they're not competing right now, he's in line for a much bigger role uh, both now and in the future. In February, he's averaging 28 minutes per game, shooting 55% from the field, and not certainly a high-end shooter from the outside right now. He has a long way to go there, but he sucks the stat sheet in other ways, and he is a tremendous athlete and a guy with a ton of upside he's averaging 12.6 rebounds and almost two steals per game in february with room to grow beyond that and josh seems to like his value compared to what it might be perceived as in the fantasy basketball world and of course josh Lloyd lots of fantasy basketball is going to be helping out with winning your championships this year even members knows a lot about championship teams and they know that it's all about each player being a perfect fit for your roster it is by the way the same for your vehicle I'm on the road a lot for work and going to host games and traveling, etc. And there have been times I needed to find an upgrade for my car. Even just to fix a part or two, keep things running and on schedule. eBay Motors is the best possible place to do all of that. They have over 122 million parts for your number one ride. And they can make sure that your car truck stays running smoothly. And they do that all the time. They have brake kits and LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers. Whatever your vehicle happens to need, eBay Motors is going to have it for you. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's going to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you are burning rubber and not. Crucially, burning any cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That is ebaymotors.com. One more time, ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible apps only. Exclusions apply. All right, so now you know what the reporting has been all in one place for the most part. And uh, now we go to kind of what I actually think and what I've heard and how I interpret all of this stuff as of, again, February 16th. I got a lot of of questions like mailbag style about this. I'll try to weave some of those into what I'm saying here. One kind of the questions that I've been getting a lot is what I kind of make of the reporting overall. So I'll talk about that first. One key thing here is that I've said it before, but no one, and I mean no one, has directly reported that the Hawks are looking to move Trey Young. One more time, no one has reported that anyone on the Hawks is looking to move Trey Young. Obviously, there has been reporting that rival executives or other teams think that they would be willing to do that, but there are degrees in reporting. It's hard to explain it in succinct fashion, unless you have spent a ton of time on this like I have in doing it for a long time. But if you go with the way the reporting has been couched so far, no one even came close to direct source reporting on what the Hawks are actually trying to do here. It's all third-hand from rival executives. That does not mean, by the way, that Jake or Mark or Howard or Jovan is doing a bad job. They're not. They're reporting what they've been told, and that is news. Um, it's unfortunate if you're a Hawks fan, but it's, it's news. They're referencing and quote people from other front offices and Jovan, especially, like he's covering the Lakers. Obviously, I am quite confident the Lakers want Trey Young. There's no reason why they wouldn't want Trey Young. But that doesn't mean the Hawks have to trade him or that they're trying to trade him or anything like that. I also have kind of a theory on this one. I want to stress that this is about the rival executive stuff. This is a theory. I am not reporting this at all. I don't know for sure. It's a theory. It seems possible to me that the Hawks were trying to kind of paint a strong front that they were Trying to keep Dejounte, like when he was being available in trades, it seems possible, especially with the way that Jake reported it, talking about the fact that you know um, conversations with the Hawks believed pre deadline that that you know Trey could be available. Um, I think it's this is again a theory of mine, but I think the Hawks are probably trying to go a little bit too far, even about how they're trying to raise a leverage on Dejounte to say you know what you know we're actually going to build around him instead. That kind of like your take take the ball home and go go away kind of thing. Um, who knows? I do know this, this, though, one more time. There's been no direct reporting on the hawk stuff in the mainstream. It is what it is. It's all rival executives, but that is notable to me. Another thing to note here is that there has essentially been one thing that all the voices around the Hawks were willing to leak and talk about in the last few months ahead of the deadline, and that's basically that they were building around Trey and Jalen. One thing, like there were obviously mixed messages. Everyone lies to you around the deadline. That's kind of the nature of the beast. Some of the reporting out there was accurate or inaccurate, and I heard different things and all that stuff. But the one thing that was consistent coming out of Atlanta, coming out of Atlanta, again, from the team, is that they were trying to build around train jail, train- which makes sense. Could they have been lying? I suppose they could have been, but they would tell anyone who would listen, including me, that they had two guys who were untouchable and they were train jailing. Everybody else was considered to be available on some level. They had discussions about DeJounte and Bogey, even a Kongwu. I'm not sure they talked about anybody about about Kobe Buffkin, who they like a lot, but essentially everyone was available other than Trey and Jalen at the deadline. And obviously, you know, right now, DeJounte is a lot more proven than Jalen. A lot he would rank higher on a list of, of, of sort of a national list of like best players right now. But there are not there are no fit issues with Jalen, and Jalen's 22 years old with sky high upside. So like he's the other untouchable guy. They love him. I get why. Trey, just for the record, is still one of the best players in the league, especially on offense. Like he's come along on defense as well. He's still not great on that end of the floor, but he's also, this is important context too, if people don't listen, well, people don't live in Atlanta. He's also the best and most marketable player the Hawks have had in more than 30 years. I know that kind of gets lost in this sometimes, and you can argue whether that matters or not, but it does matter culturally in the city. Like you know, the, the, this is a team that, aside from about, you know, it's six week span in 2015 has not really captured the team, the city's attention all that well um, because they have part of that's that they haven't had a star. And, you know, aside, you know, once Trey got here, Trey is the biggest name, the best player, the most high level player, all those things since Nick. And, you know, again, this is, I'm not saying this is the way you build your basketball team, but it is part of the calculus, especially if your ownership that look, it would not go over well in a lot of circles around here, if they traded Trey Young, especially if they was the team proactively trading Trey Young and him not asking for it, it's different. If he asked for a trade, it becomes a spectacle and all that stuff It's happened before. You look at Kevin Durant stuff and Kyrie Irving, and there's been other kinds of, um, of players who have been, you know, asking for trades pretty publicly in the last few years, it's happened. Um, if it was just the Hawks doing it on their own, it wouldn't go over well. I know that a lot of people are young, younger than I am, younger than you know all that stuff. But um, if you want some context, ask someone of a certain age that's a Hawks fan how they feel about Dominique being traded. And that was Dominique being past his prime, being traded. People are still enraged about Dominique being traded. It's been 30 plus years. People are still mad about that. And that was not a, in his prime 25-year-old Dominique. And that's what Trey Young is in his prime right now. He's 25 years old. So anyway, I could do an hour on this. I'm not going to do that. I'll keep it moving. But that's context as well. Another factor here is how is Trey feeling about all this stuff? So a point I've made many times before, and I'll say it again now, is that I have still never heard anything to suggest in my experience that the Hawks are going to move Trey Young unless he asks to be traded. I'll come back to that at the end of this, but I still feel that way now. Now, I could be wrong. There's certainly a possibility of that. I'm, I'm acknowledging it. There is buzz out there. But I I have not heard anything to this point to convince me that the Hawks are going to trade Trey unless he has to be traded. But of course, that's a big caveat. Trey could ask to be traded. Or indicate that he wants to be traded or, you know, quietly push forward or whatever behind the scenes. I'm not predicting that at all. Um but that's that could happen. I'm not saying it couldn't. Uh, for what it's worth, I do think that Trey is bought in to CoinSnyder. Um, I think Trey is really matured in how he speaks about basketball and relationships and all that stuff on the record. And he's been good with the media and he's been pretty open about lots of stuff, but he's also been very positive about Quinn and kind of, you know, and the vision there and the offense and what they're messaging much more so than he was ever really about Lloyd or Nate. Um, does that matter? I don't know, but I also hasn't led to wins this year, but from what I've seen, what I've heard, I don't think that he's like seething behind the scenes. I think that he is fine. I don't think he's like, you know, we'll see, but I think it's at least possible that, he can have a different tone if things don't go well the rest of the season. It's obviously been a bad year for the Hawks in a lot of different ways, even with Trey playing as well as he ever has, in my opinion. And beyond this year, it would be three years in a row of beating, being pretty underwhelming on the court as a team. Plus, Trey and his reps are not stupid. They have also seen ownership duck the tax multiple times and make the team worse for money reasons. And, you know, I, I won't be as negative as I possibly could be, but um, there there is reason for Trey – and anyone, fans, whatever, to be a little bit uneasy about this brain trust ownership on down. They have not batted a thousand, let's say. So if Trey was skeptical that they're going to build a winner on him, I wouldn't blame him necessarily. Um, and look, the one big move that they did make to get Dejounte has not really impacted the results in the way that they hoped, and that probably includes Trey. I think he was on board with it when it happened. It's just you know it hasn't hasn't all worked. So all that gets thrown in, but Trey's side is going to matter in all of this stuff. Like he, you know, players. I think fans, generally speaking, don't understand how much of an impact players and agents and reps around players, especially high-level players, factor in transactions. It, it does happen. Dejounte, I talked about it a lot last week, but Dejounte has clutch representation, and he, it doesn't mean he can demand what happens, but he certainly has voices in the mix along with his own. So and same same goes for Trey, who's even a bigger voice. Obviously, he's the center of the franchise, the face of the franchise, and you know he's gonna have a, he's gonna have a say in a lot of things that happen. So to wrap it all up now before I run out of breath here. Um I'll make two kind of points here. Uh number 1, I don't think right now as of February 16th that the Hawks are going to trade trade this summer. I don't think they are. Now, I'm not ruling it out. I'm not saying they absolutely will not, but after cuz I don't I'm smart enough not to do that without knowing for sure and I don't know for sure. But after talking to talking to people behind the scenes this week, my feeling remains that as of now, again, I think the Hawks are going to continue to build around Trey unless he asked out or something majorly changes between now and the draft. That's what I think. It's not that I know. I have some sources. I have some reporting chops behind the scenes, but that's where I am right now. That's point number one. I don't think the trade. The Hawks are going to trade Trey this summer. Number two is my opinion now. I would not trade Trey Young this summer unless he asked me to do it. For one, I think he's quite good at basketball. And you generally don't want to run off superstar players in the NBA. And I think that he is a superstar. I also believe that we've never seen anything remotely close to an ideal roster construction around tryon, which is not really his fault. Um, obviously their best run in this entire time in 2021, when they got hot involved kind of the closest thing to that. You had a center in click at that point, And he's not that guy anymore. Don't get me wrong. He's not that guy anymore, but he was playing at a top five defender in the league kind of level at the second half of that season. That mattered a lot, but that was the one time this entire run where they had a league average defense. Which may not sound sexy, but they they were league average defensively. You also had a you, you also had Bogey red hot for about three months. Those things matter. Now, did they have perfect wing defense? No, they didn't. But I think that there's still a, a version of this Hawks team that look, there's a separate discussion about whether you can build a championship team with what they have right now. Uh, you know, that's that's a long way off. I firmly believe that you can build a very good team around Trey Young Jalen Johnson, if you have the right defensive pieces and the right shooters. Leave it there for now. But anyway, also for a second, let's just assume that they are going to trade Trey. I I think they probably won't, but there you go. Assume for a second whether it's because he wants to be traded or because they've decided it has to happen. I said it once before, but all respect to DeJounte Murray, who's very good at basketball. I don't think that he's the number one guy on a good team, on a really good team. And I don't think you can assume Jalen Johnson is going to be that either. Maybe Jalen gets to that point. I'm not going to put any ceiling on Jalen Johnson at all. But right now at age 22, I think Jalen's going to be a very good, maybe even all-star level player. I'm not sure he's going to be a number one guy on a great team. That's not like, it's not shade of Jalen. It's just what it is. It's hard to be that. So if I'm trying Trey Young in a vacuum, I'm going to be ready to do more of a major reset. And that's kind of tough for the Hawks to do right now. For one, I don't think the ownership has a stomach for it. I, I, I have to say they didn't really want to do it last time, seven years ago, but it was pretty clearly happening that at that point, because they, they were just kind of done. That run was over. It's a harder sell when you have the guy already in place that sells tickets for you and it's a one-man offense and all that stuff, and he's 25 years old. But anyway, because I've covered a lot before, I'll also just say that the Hawks don't have control of their draft from 25 to 27. That's three years because of the Jante trade. Yeah, there's a way to deal with the Spurs and get those picks back or whatever, but um, it's hard to go into a hard rebuild. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's really hard to go in like a full-blown rebuild. Not a retooling, a rebuild right now, even if you trade trade because of the way your draft is impacted. So anyway, that's the short version, shortish version. I do know, 20 minutes long or so, but that's where I am for now. I think it's not- noteworthy and notable that people around the league are talking about this. And there is smoke th- There's smoke coming out around there. We'll see if it turns into anything. I don't think it's like a total non-story, as much as some Hawks fans might, might want to say that. I do think it's kind of trumped up right now. You know, the deadline's over. Um, there's stuff to talk about going into All-Star. So, like, I wouldn't, you know, Kendrick Perkins, I don't care what he says about anything, really. It is what it is. Like, there's... There's some noise and there's some there's some absolute nonsense out there. I wouldn't worry about that. The actual reporting is noteworthy to me. But again, one more time, there is nothing directly sourced to the Hawks. Nothing so far. So in the end, I think he'll be around. If it was me running the team, a lot of things would be different, obviously. Um, but I would not trade him unless he asked for it. And I'll kind of leave that for now. But hopefully that gives you a good picture. I will probably talk about this more if I need to. Uh, feel free to send, send him a mailbag questions to lotsonhawks at gmail.com or to me on Twitter slash X at btroland or to the show account at Lockdown Hawks, But hopefully that's a sort of a clear and concise explanation of where things are right now. And uh, we'll talk about more in the future if we have to. All right, one more break from our sponsors. And we'll close the show with some rest received and talk and uh, projections and all of that. Today's show is brought to you by Robinhood. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold, Gold, Gold gives you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a three percent match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at robinhood.com boost. Patricia, please apply. And now for some legal info claim as Q1 2024, validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. Three percent match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first three percent match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The three percent matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA is available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SBIC is a registered broker dealer. All right, and a far less exciting topic to end the podcast. Uh, just kind of the rest of the season for the Hawks at this point. I will have, um, at least I have a guest or two planned to talk about kind of the team itself and the play their the way they're going to be playing the rest of the season. But I want to talk about a little bit of the projections that are out there right now schedule, etc. It's kind of set the stage for the last uh, couple of, uh, you know, few weeks of the season, basically. So right now, the Hawks are 24 and 31. They're the 10 seed going into the break. Um, Four different projections that I have access to publicly. Um, ESPN has one, their BPI, basketball reference, number fire, team rankings, etc. They all project the Hawks between 35 and 36 wins. Not great. Obviously, no one will be happy with that. But that's kind of roughly the pace they've been on. That'd be a little bit better than the pace, but still not anything fantastic. They also have the Hawks between a 10.7% chance to make the playoffs and a 13.9% chance to make the playoffs. And by the way, the, making the playoffs is the 18 playoffs post play So the play-in is the play-in. The actual playoffs for these projections is the top eight play So you have to make make it out of the play-in. If you're the play-in, you got to make it out. Um, ESPN and Basketball Reference also have odds to make the play-in. ESPN is at 74.2% for the Hawks to do that. Basketball reference is about 65% or so. Um, again, that's just making it into the top 10, being in that 7 to 10 range. For the record, I think that's actually higher. My projection will be higher than that to make the play-in. Um, part of that's because the Hawks have been underachieving this year, but part of that is that the teams behind them are not impressive um, at all. Um, and I think if I had to guess, I take the over on 14% chance to make the playoffs. This has been a team that's been proven to be decent in the play-in, as funny as that might sound. And also, They're just more talented than a typical play-in team. So, um, again, I'm not telling you that they're going to be making the playoffs this year or that it's even likely, like, it's probably in the 25% range, something like that. But higher than the productions happen right now. Um, While I'm here, this could have been its own segment, but I will also be interested, I would say very interested, to see how the Hawks handle their roster stuff coming out of the break. So the center spot is the first point of relative intrigue on, like, the first game on Friday. Because Conway might be still out with a toe injury. Capella is supposed to be returning to practice post-All-Star break. We'll see if he's able to play. And if not that, that's, that'll be a little bit tough. The bigger picture stuff, like, Kobe Buffkin, is he going to play regularly? Um, will they finally send AJ Griffin to College Park to get some time on the floor? Which I think is probably overdue at this point. I think the way that Quinn and his staff have coached, as far as the games are concerned this year is that they have generally leaned toward explicitly playing the guys they think are going to help them most that night. It's been a short-term focus about the game approach. I haven't always loved that, and i will show that on the podcast. I think it would... I think Bufkin not playing Monday and Wednesday was a good example of that, whereas I would have played him, and I said as much. I think Buckin' might have actually helped him on the court, but crucially, it's just not all about that night. When you're 24 and 31, yeah, as much I just said the Hawks could make the playoffs this year. They could, but... Realistically speaking, are they going to make a run to the conference finals this year? I don't think that's very likely. So, priority-wise, be, like, I'd be—I like to see what Kobe looks like for larger stints. They're going to try to win out of the break. The Hawks have been saying that consistently. They're not going to go into a tank. Not, not, like, it's not going to be a, anything like that. But I think it would be wise to look in the mirror and see where they are and what's realistic this year and make it a point to try to get some information about the future, whether it's Buffkin or AJ in the G League or even Seth Lundy or you know, Kongwu versus Capella. Like, they're not going to stop playing Clint, but playing Kongwu 27 minutes a game, 29 minutes a game versus 22 or 23, that matters. Playing him more with Jalen to see what you have long-term, like targeting that, um, et cetera. So there's, there's ways to operate in the future to do that, but I'll be interested to see how they do that all that. Um, also, the schedule is pretty normal the rest of the way. They're actually literally dead in the middle of the pack in opponent winning percentage. So schedule strength, they're 16th out of 30. So right in the middle. So average schedule. They do have three very winnable games right out of the gate. Um in, in the second half of the season or second half, quote unquote, of the season. Um that could be pretty important. If they want to kind of have the vibes get better, like look, they were the last two games, I covered them on the podcast if you want to listen to more of those. That's those uh, those episodes are available for you. But the Chicago game was not great and the Charlotte game was horrific. So the vibes are not great there they have an opportunity to kind of fix that. Cause they play these three home games. It's Toronto, it's Orlando and it's Utah at home. None of those are cakewalks. Like Toronto's not very good, but they're not as bad as like Detroit or Charlotte or whatever. Well, Charlotte just beat the Hawks. But anyway, none of those are cakewalk games, but they're games where the Hawks are going to be favored or basically be a coin flip at worst. So it would be good for vibes if they won those games. We'll see, uh, in the standings, by the way, below them, it's part of why I talked about the Hawks being more likely to make the play in than not. Um, They have a two and a half game lead over the nets who are the 11 seed and Brooklyn is not really pushing hard. Like they didn't make, they made, they got worse the deadline probably. Um, So they don't scare me a ton. And then two and a half more games behind that is Toronto. They're five behind the Hawks. The Raptors obviously did not get better at the deadline or before the deadline. So they're, they're not in the bottom, bottom, bottom tier with Washington and Detroit, but they're kind of in the middle tier after that. Like the Hawks are better than them. And then Orlando Obviously, is a pretty decent team, but they're not special. The Hawks have beaten them a couple times. Um, yeah, we'll see. So anyway, above them, two games behind the Bulls, by the way, for the nine seed. The Bulls, though, have a tiebreaker, which is important to note because the Bulls won. They actually played the Bulls only three times. Two of them were Bulls wins, so they are going to lose that. So they have to actually beat the Bulls to be in a higher seed. That does matter. Um, although, I think the Hawks, you know, the Bulls are not, they're not inspiring. But they, they just beat the Hawks, so there you go. Um, there's six games behind the magic and the heat who are the seven and eight seeds, not impossible to close that gap, but the Hawks would have to close in a big way. I think to get to the seven or eight seed, they're probably going to have to win. I don't know. They're probably gonna have to get to like 500, which would be, you know, 17 and 11, something like that. Um, so sorry, 17 and 10, the rest of the way to get to 500, to even have a chance to get to the 7 or 8 seed. So like that's not impossible. They can do that, but they have not sh- played that level for any length of time this year, so keep that in mind. Um, so anyway, I'll leave it there for now, but um, they're in an okay spot to make the play in. No one's going to be excited about that, including them, but I do think that, just to put it very plainly, they're going to try to win. They're, it, it, maybe if you get to April 1 and the Hawks are out of it because something's just gone horribly wrong or injuries or whatever, they just play poorly, then maybe you try to look at the ping-pong ball, landscape and maybe kind of lean into it a little bit but until then they're going to play hard and we'll cover it as if they're trying to win and we'll talk about that much more in the future i said it once before i do have some hopefully some interviews at least one or two planned with some folks um friends of the podcast etc who could be here in the near future so that's part of why you're going to solo show today but i will have a guest or two i'm planning on that to fill the gap next week between the hawks playing uh sorry between now and when the hawks play again on friday night at home um all-star break of course happening right now I'm not going to be doing like any dedicated coverage to that. It's just Trey. And, uh, I joke with someone offline the other day, like even if Trey wins, it's like, I'm going to come on the podcast and say Trey won, Cool. Like there's no, like there's no, there's no point of analysis to Trey winning three point or skills challenge or whatever. So guys will be watching. I'll be watching. It is what it is, but I'm not, not a ton of analysis points there. Um, and then, uh, after that, the whole league takes a break for a few days, and then games do begin on Thursday. The Hawks don't play until Friday, so they have actually have a little bit longer break than most teams. But generally speaking, teams will report back to camp like Wednesday-ish, um, something like that. So keep an eye on that. Capella will be back in practice, Akangwu, and hopefully they'll be fully formed. There's a chance the Hawks could be at full strength on Friday. There's a chance. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Akongwu will be right on the line, Capella right on the line. But um, in the next few days, you could see the Hawks at relatively full strength, and that would be very helpful toward the future. All right, that's it for me on this podcast. Please subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, I, my apologies for I've been cutting a few things on this podcast, coughs and breathing issues, etc. But stay tuned. Please subscribe to the show, rate, review, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Patreon, if you uh, will be inclined to support my written work there, patreon.com slash follow the show and uh, do me a favor during the all-star break share the podcast with someone in your life that'd be huge to help to help us grow the podcast either on youtube or on the audio platforms and that's all i have for you so please enjoy your weekend all-star weekend and enjoy the break and we'll have much more content coming next week and stay tuned we'll see you next time